Hello and welcome back to Sox Talk. I'm Xander here with Ian. It's Friday, December 7th. We haven't been with you guys for a while. Uh, we've both been busy, to be honest, but we're back. And Ian, we're in a new studio. Yeah, so uh, we're taking our talents from the Summit Studios, where we normally record, to the Pod Center. Zan, what are your initial thoughts on this? Uh, this place is pretty. It's got a lot of stuff going on. We each have headsets. We got this mic. We got this crazy recorder thing in front of us. We have a wall behind you where, like, you know, those sound capturing panels or whatever. Uh, this place is nuts. We have a timer so we can see how long we've been going. A lot of bells and whistles. Yeah, this is pretty legit. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of lucked into this or walked into it by accident, honestly. Yeah. So I'll paint the picture. So, you know, we haven't been out here for a while. We haven't recorded an episode. We haven't given the people the content that they need and deserve, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine. We've been busy with school. And to be honest, until really the other day, the Sox hadn't done too much. You know, they just re-signed Nathan Evaldi, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But there hadn't been much news to report. So it wasn't, you know, the biggest deal in the world that we hadn't been in here and recording an episode for you guys. But here we are, episode six. It's going to be a good one. So we go to record the episode. And naturally, what we do is we meet up, we talk, you know, we say, all right, when are we going to record? And, you know, it's usually spur of the moment type deal. Whenever we're both around, whenever we both have hot socks takes to drop on you guys. <laughs> That's the wording I'm looking for. Yeah. And so it's pretty simple. You know, I say, Zan, all right, we'll meet up at the studio. And the studio for us is normally just where we do actually the campus newspaper. It's a nice, quiet space on campus. We can just go in, plug in, do our thing. However... To be able to go in there, plug in, do our thing, the one thing, Xander, the one yeah. thing we need is the microphone. And I don't know if the listeners know, but I don't own the microphone. You don't own the microphone. Nope. One of my sweet mates, Brian, owns the microphone. It's a nice Yeti. It's a good microphone. It's a solid microphone. Very solid. He uses it for his own endeavors and whatnot. But he's a pal. He lets us use it, lets us borrow it whenever he's around. And it's just I normally go into a room, grab it, and I say, hey, I took the mic for a little bit, borrowed it. Send him a text. That's fine. This time, I go to go in his room. Xander's already at the studio. <laughs> and his door's shut. Yeah. His door is locked shut. His roommate Will's not in the room. Brian's not in the room. The door is locked shut. Who knows where both of them are? So that was pretty tough and annoying. And I send Xander a text. And I'm like, hey, we might actually have a problem because Brian's not in there. Will's not in there. We don't have a microphone. There's no way to record this. Yeah, and, and when you said that, I didn't really know what we were going to do, because we wanted to record today. We haven't recorded in a little bit. Yeah, we haven't had an episode out since the 17th of November. <laughs> yeah. That was six years ago. Yeah, not great. But then you had this brilliant idea. Yeah, we actually learned about this in our digital media productions class. So Xander, the computer science major, is you know kind of getting his feet wet in the world of communication, which is good for him. That's why he's out here <laughs> podcasting as well. Yep. And anyway, so we learned through that class that the school library actually has a podcasting room, unbeknownst to us, because uh, yeah. where would this have been in the library? No one knows about this. No one uses this. Exactly. As far as we know of, anyway. Right. But because we learned about this in class, I say, hey, I got a great idea. Let's try and use this. Let's see if we can get in there quick. I mean, I don't know how anything's going to work in there, but let's just see if we get in there, because if they have a microphone, that's better than what we got anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's a step up from where we're at. So then we head on over, and lo and behold, the room was open. The person we needed to be here to set us all up. Be our tech guy. He just happened to be here. Yep. Sets us up. Here we are. And, and not only was he here, he's the guy that I have for class. So I know this guy, which so made Z things way so easier. So Xander's got the in. Yeah. And this is all free to use for us. So it's very nice. I mean, sure, it's included in tuition. But yeah. for the sake of this talk, you There's know. no extra charge. Yeah, no extra charge, which is very nice. Always, always appreciated. 
And honestly, Sam, the pod center is pretty nice. Yeah, I could sleep in here, to be honest. That's how nice it is. Yeah, I'm going to call it the pod center. I, I've kind of just been doing that without mentioning it to you first. How do you feel about that? I, I like it. I could get I could get behind that. Uh, I was thinking we could put up like a Sox Talk pod banner on the on the wall here. Oh, yeah, we got to promote pretty, because if other people bad. are going to be in here, you know, we might as well. Might as well. Uh, the other thing is I know how to use the equipment we're using, but there's a big scary sound panel looking thing over there. There's like there are crazy things. Yeah, there is so much in here. And there's a yeah. big ass flat screen TV in here too, right on the wall. What's yeah. really cool, like you were saying, there's a nice timer up there so we can see how long we've been doing our thing for. Yeah. The sound board wall foam panel thing whatever behind us. Behind you, whatever yeah. it is, it's really scary, but it's really cool. And I don't know about you, Zan. But I also feel like anytime I go to talk or do something, any the slightest move is going to be picked up on the mic. So, you know, if I have to, like, clear my throat or if I just tap on the desk, I feel like it's going to get picked up and heard. And it's just going to sound, like, really weird and really different than what we've been doing for the most part. Yeah, I've I've noticed the throat clearing from myself and you. We can definitely hear that. The uh, tapping can definitely hear that. Um, This is very sensitive equipment. This is our first time, so there may be some, like technical sound issues um but i but think we're killing it so far i hope that we're killing it yeah you know as long as we keep the audio levels at minus 12 we'll be fine that's the other thing i'm kind of fixing that as we go so if the audio changes throughout the episode that's why yeah and i don't know about you but for me anyway i like this place a lot more because that means you have some technical producery type <laughs> responsibilities yeah. normally when we do these things yeah i just very very simply use QuickTime on my computer to record the audio in we plug in the yeti microphone and then boom it's in there i can just cut it up real quick send it out through anchor fm the website we use very good podcasting website would recommend to anyone you know looking to get in the business but it's very it's very simple easy to do but it's still one extra step that i normally have to do myself right so it's nice to come in here and have you know, your teacher explaining you how to work all this stuff. I don't have to worry about anything. I just have to come in here, talk, you know, spit some facts and opinions yeah. about the Red Sox, and I can just do my thing and let you worry about all that crap for once. It's kind I, of a nice change of pace. I, I kind of like it because it's kind of technical. You know, there's, like, software stuff behind the scenes, but it's kind of all mechanical. You know, you plug the stuff in, you hit record. I, I kind of like it. So I'm willing to take on the producer responsibilities Good. if we can use this room. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> makes it makes it easier for me because then I can just come in and you know get the show layout all set and get the rundown ready, smooth, easy sailing to go, and then you can come in here and make sure all the buttons and the all that stuff oh needs boy. to uh, yeah. needs to get going. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is if anyone notices any problems with the audio, too low, too high, you know, let let us know. That's the other thing. Where can they let us know? Uh, at Socks Talk Pod on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. Follow yeah. us if you're not already. Odds are, you probably are if you're listening to this. Yeah. But regardless, share the account with a friend. We're going to really try and be more active on it. Yeah. I know we've been saying that for a couple episodes it's now. It's hard because it's getting into finals week and stuff. But the time to be active is now because the Red Sox are active in the offseason. And as we alluded to earlier, Xander, back on the team for 2019, for 2020, 2021, and you guessed it, 2022, will be Nathan Avali re-signed a four-year deal worth $68 million total. That's 17 per year. And it is, in fact, $17 million in each of those four years. Xander, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, Nasty Nate's back. That's my initial thought. You know, initially looking at it, I'm thrilled because I think we talked about maybe an episode ago, two episodes ago, uh, Kelly versus Evaldi, who we kind of liked better. And I know you said Evaldi. I know I picked Kelly. Uh, but I still said I'd be happy with either of them, hopefully both of them. Uh, so initially, I'm very happy about this. There are a, little, a couple things that concern me. You know, 
he's not too old. He's 29, I think, but he's had two Tommy John surgeries now. Uh, he's still throwing the ball well, but so a couple things that concern me a little bit, but just, man, I mean, going off last year, what he did. Yeah. I'm happy to have him back. Yeah, me too. Like, like you were saying, you know, everything, what he did last year in the playoffs and in September, <clears throat> excuse me, it was phenomenal. I mean, we got, we got the numbers in front of us here in September and October, Xander, a 135 ERA in 20 innings. He was everything you could have hoped for out of that trade and more. And clearly the Sox are committed to him. He wants to be here. You know, clearly getting $17 million a year doesn't uh, hurt your desire to stay. But it's nice to see the Sox bringing him back, I think. He's just going to be a huge piece in their rotation and kind of really be an anchor at the back end because that's something that kind of concerned me. Again, something I mentioned on a couple episodes ago. But if they didn't bring him back, what do you do? What do you turn to? Because if you have your big three kind of set with Chris Sale, David Price, and Rick Porcello, that's a pretty good one, two, three. But then if you add in Avaldi and that's a fourth bona fide starter where you can count on for the most part those four guys, that's pretty good. You can get away with you know mixing and matching between Erod and Stephen Wright and you know Velasquez, Brian Johnson, whatever you want to do for that fifth starter. But if you have to mix and match kind of for two spots, kind of like they had to do at the end of last year until they brought in Evaldi, that's where it really gets tough. So that's why I'm happy to have him back, you know, anchor in the back end of the rotation. And honestly, if he pitches like he did at the end of last year, he's not a back end guy. He's being, you know, paid like a middle towards the top end of the rotation kind of guy. But you have the luxury of sliding him in at that three or four spot because the Sox rotation is that deep. Yeah, he's, I guess my only concern is he's, he is getting paid like that top kind of middle rotation kind of guy. He's only... What four million below what Porcello's getting right now? Maybe a little bit more, but I, again, the only thing is when we talked about Kelly, you know, we praised him for how good he was, didn't walk one batter in the off season, but then we said, would we really feel comfortable if he was closing? Postseason. Postseason. Sorry, yeah. In the postseason, you're too busy checking the, the audio levels. Is, it's yeah, fine. this is gonna be one take. So uh, in the postseason. But the thing was... One take, everyone knows the rules. One take, everyone knows the rules. We could talk about Bart. Yeah, never mind. That's a story for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Yeah, the the whole Kelly thing. So the reason I bring up Kelly is because we, we were kind of concerned about Kelly and the fact that we don't know if he'd be a good closer because, yeah, he did it, but that's kind of the anomaly with Kelly. Uh, he was really on during the postseason, but um, he's not usually like that. So I'm a little concerned about if Evaldi's going to really be $17 million a year for the entire regular season. That's the thing. Yeah, and that's a fair enough concern. That's honestly my biggest concern. I know you mentioned how he had the two Tommy Johns, but he just got a, basically a clean bill of health from the doctor who performed the surgeries. Yep. I think it was the Yankee doctor who actually was the one who did it. He was back over there in New York when the second one happened anyway. And his qualification for um, Evaldi was basically that he doesn't regard him in the same you know realm with other guys who have had the Tommy John or even a second one. He basically saying he's healthy, he's good to go, and that's you know kind of a huge relief if you're a Sox fan to hear that. And also, re-signing the contract means you know he passes physical, he's ready to go again. That clean bill of health, that's what you like to hear. So the physical part really doesn't bother me all that much. I'm not too concerned about that because. How many guys go out there and have two Tommy Johns, let alone a third? So I'm not concerned about him going out there and blowing out his arm again. But like you were saying, I am kind of concerned with can he be consistent? Because, Zan, if you look at his numbers the past couple of years, so last year he had a 3 8 1 ERA total between Tampa and Boston for the regular season. And if he can do that, I'll certainly take that. That's exactly what you're paying for. You're not paying for, again, a top end of the guy. 
excuse me, a top end of the rotation kind of guy, but you're paying for someone who can hopefully throw 200 innings and have a sub four ERA. But he hasn't done that his whole career. Over in New York in 2016, 476 ERA, 2015, 420 ERA, 2014, 437. And then finally, you have to go all the way back to 2013 when he only made 18 starts with the Marlins and he had a 339 ERA. So I'm not too convinced that he can actually do it for a full year, but I think he has the stuff for it, and I'm willing to take that gamble based off what we saw in October and September. Yeah, he's got the stuff for it. The problem is that contract is basically the result of his postseason performance. Oh, 100%. And it's unfortunate because he's, like like you're saying, he's a career 4-16 ERA kind of guy. He's not in the lower threes, upper twos, but he's getting paid like it. And the only reason we had to pay him this much money was because of the demand. Because everyone saw what he did in the postseason. Everyone saw that he come in in like the 17th inning or whatever the heck he came in and pitch. Um, so that's why I, I still like the move. And I, I guess I don't mind the contract because we got him back. The part I do mind is that we had to spend that much money because of the demand for the player. Yeah, for sure. And like you were saying... The only reason he's getting anywhere close to that contract is because of the postseason. Right. If he doesn't go out there and have that epic sort of playoff run, he's probably getting maybe like two years, thirty million, or maybe not not even that much because that's still fifteen year. You know, yeah. you're maybe getting a two or three year deal or a four year deal at probably ten million a year. So right. you know, three for thirty, four for forty, something like that. Again, because he's still a pretty good pitcher, but he hasn't proven that he's durable. He hasn't proven that. Um. You know, he can go out there and be consistent in the regular season. But one thing I kind of look to, actually, similarly contract-wise, when you're getting Evaldi, is the contract that they gave to Rick Porcello. Because when they got Porcello, they were paying for what they thought he could be, not what he's done. You're paying for the future production, not the past. And I think that's kind of what they're doing right now with Evaldi. They saw what he did in September and October, and they're banking on him being that guy going forward. It remains to be seen if he can, but we'll have to go out there and see. Because, Zan, when the Sox got Porcello... From Detroit, he hadn't been anything special to that point. He was good, he was durable, but nothing special. Porcello's ERAs by year. I'm just going to read them off to you quick. 396, 492, 475, 459, 432, and then 343 was his last year in Detroit. So when you brought him in, you you weren't bringing in a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy. His career ERA in Detroit was 430, so that's not... Anyone where you're going to go out there and say, we're going to give him $20 million in BRAs. You know, kind of looking back at the contract now, you can say it's worked out because he has won a Cy Young. He was good this year and won 17 games. So you can kind of justify it in terms of that sense. But at the time, everyone's thinking, what the hell are you doing in giving him that kind of contract? But actually, I think what we're seeing now is the fact that, you know, the middle of the rotation kind of pitchers are getting paid like that. So it's interesting to see that. A guy like Porcello can get $20 million or 22 whatever it is. A guy like Cavalli can get 17 a year because that's the new norm. It's kind of like in baseball now, $30 million players are the new $20 million players. The caps keep going up and up and up, and you know, you're know you not getting paid the, the way you once were. Yeah, and you know, one could argue that Porcello stat-wise is actually worse than Evaldi. I, and he's getting paid more. I mean, his career ERA average, 4.26. The, he won a Cy Young. It, granted, he was 22 and four, but his ERA was 3.15. Like, I don't know. They're getting the job done, and I think we're gonna kind of talk about Chris Sale a little bit later. I think that's on the uh, the agenda. Can confirm. Yeah, but <laughs> little sneak preview there. But if we're paying these guys this much money for this kind of production, 
what are we gonna pay? What are we gonna pay sale? Yeah, no, I get that. But again, kind of like I'm saying, you know, 30 is the new 20, 20 is the new 10. Everything keeps shifting because just of how much money is in baseball right now. And you're going to see it as of right now. The Sox are projected to have the second highest payroll ever in MLB history, just behind the Dodgers in 2015. Yep. And this payroll is just only going to go up and up unless they can maybe shed a contract or two. But it's unlikely because this is a team that's going to try and win. So, you know, if you're Their paying, contract will go down a couple of years once they get some guys off the books. Like yeah, Castillo, yeah, the money, the yeah, money, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I look at it and say, are these contracts that I'm happy they're giving out? No. Am I happy to have the player? Yes. Is it my money to spend? No. So do I really care? No. Especially in a sport where you don't pay, you know, you have the luxury tax, but you don't have a salary cap. There's no hard cap to it. So if the owners are willing to spend, what do I care? The only reason I would care is if they're spending their money in, you know, a bad way. And then you want to go out there and, you know, just an example and say, oh, let's get Bryce Harper. But then you don't have the money because you wasted, you know, $40 million on Evaldi and Porcello. That would be my only concern with it. But this ownership group doesn't show any signs of that, so I mean, I'm I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, that's the other thing. We can pretty much boil down what we just said to: we, none of this is our money. They can spend however much money they want, and it's it's pretty much a good thing that they're uh, spending this much money. Oh, geez, what just fell? Yeah, just the headset. Just the headset. We're fine. Just the headset. Yeah, this is another thing with the studio. There's kind of there's four headsets on this table. I mean, we have two of them, but there's wires everywhere. I mean, Ian's playing around with two headsets now. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pressure in <laughs> there's here. There's a lot going on. And the other thing, too, that we can kind of bring up is – so we're in a small room. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's a basic room. you got your four walls and, you know, your ceiling, your floor. As rooms do. As rooms do. But what you have that most rooms don't is – so we're in the middle of the, the library here at school. There's a big, big panel that just goes from floor to ceiling. It's completely clear. You can see out. So I'm staring at a bunch of books on a bookshelf, and it's really <laughs> weird. There are people walking by. No one's really looked in yet because I guess people are just kind of doing their thing because we're approaching finals week. Right. And they don't have time to look at a couple losers talking about the Red Sox. <laughs> and then over by the door, the door is also kind of a clear door. There's, a again, another panel that's clear you can see through. And that one I actually got a nice view of the door so I can see the people coming in and out of the library. But it's kind of weird. It's like we're almost in a fishbowl, but not really because it's only two panels. But we're still kind of, you know, on display here. Yeah, we're a little bit on display. Thankfully, it is finals week, as you said, and no one's really taken notice to this. But uh, I'm also facing you, so I can't see what's behind me, which is probably a good thing because I'd be very distracted. Yeah, it would actually kind of be bad if it was some people walking by that we knew and then I had to just like watch them as I was talking and doing this. That wouldn't be so good. Yeah, or one of them try to open the door or something. Yeah. yeah, but it's locked, so we're fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One th- one thing I kind of like better about uh, this place, obviously, is just the equipment. But I like seeing the people go by. I felt very remote and isolated That's over there true, yeah. at uh, the Summit Studio. So it's nice to come in here and you know see that there are other people around doing their thing, and we're just in here doing ours. Yeah, and yeah, we're talking about the socks. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna come back to the studio? Ah. Uh, I would like to. I would like to, too. I might just sleep here tonight. Yeah? Yeah. Really give it the full experience, test it out? Yeah, honestly. I mean, that floor looks pretty comfortable. Looks at least as good as my bed, if not better. Yeah, it's cool in here. I, I like it. I know we've we've brought brought that up a lot, but it's an interesting place, man. It's an <laughs> interesting place. That's yeah. for sure. I'm kind of just overwhelmed by it. I guess that's why I'm talking about it so much. A little nervous. Yeah, I I, and there's a door behind you. I don't know where that goes. I don't know <laughs> Who who's knows? coming through that. Maybe that's where the monsters are. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that door, but <laughs> there's one right there. 
All right, so some more news. Um, came out this past week from the New York Post report about David Robertson kind of stating that he wants a three-year deal and it's probably going to take a three-year deal to get him done. And the report went on to say that the Red Sox are more inclined to give him a one- or two-year deal. They also mentioned the fact that Robertson is a Rhode Island native, so he's from the Northeast and would probably like to pitch you know, his last couple of years up in this area closer to home. Just, Zan, what would you be comfortable giving him, and what do you think about the Red Sox state of the bullpen right now? Because not a lot of moves have happened for the Red Sox' sake, because it, they're kind of making smaller moves this offseason, and we're still waiting for those bigger dominoes to fall. And it start, and it's we'll get into it in a few, but those bigger dominoes are starting to fall in the MLB. Uh, so honestly, I have no idea, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Robertson and Kimbrell both got paid $13 million last year. So uh, people keep saying, oh, we can't resign Kimbrell. And I was saying that too at the beginning of the year. Maybe they don't want to resign him because he's going to cost you too much money. But Robertson's the same price, and he's probably going to go up in price too. So really, what's the difference? Do you want Kimbrell or you want Robinson? I mean, I'd take Craig back. I don't care. He's pretty good during the regular season. Yeah, I have, I have no idea what he's going to get for a contract. And I think that's kind of what confuses me too because he's not – like Robertson's not worth $13 million. No. But I don't, I don't know if he's going to – decrease in value i mean maybe he could but if he's signing a one-year deal you're not going to pay him like seven eight million to come in for a year if you're getting him for one year you probably have to increase in that value so at least be 13 million if not 14 15 and again and at that point you're already at what craig's gonna want pretty much or relatively or close, close to, to it yeah. yeah close enough to where the difference is you negligible might as, and you might yeah you might as well pay Kimberly, yeah right so yeah it's interesting I, I don't really know about that i thought that report was just kind of Unique and out there because, again, we haven't seen much really going on in the reliever market, especially Red Sox-wise. It's just been kind of waiting for those bigger shoes to fall. Yeah, the other thing is Robertson, in his career, he's closed a couple years from 2014, it looks like, to 2016, and he had a couple saves after that, too, in, in 17. Um, but Craig has been a closer his whole life. And we talk about, you know, heart attack Craig or, or what, cardiac Craig, you know, and the postseason, it was rough. And sometimes in the cardiac break, Craig or heart attack Kimbrel are the terms I believe you're looking for. Yes, those two. Um, so we give him all that shit. But honestly, at the end of the day, this guy started every single or closed. I mean, started as a closer every single year for pretty much his entire career. And I didn't know it until I'm just looking at it now. But if they're paying them the same amount of money last year, and their contracts are probably going to be similar this year, what they want, why don't we just bring Kimball back? I just don't well, get I, it now. I think what you're asking for versus what you're going to get is totally different, right? Because Kimball's going to probably look for a four- or five-year deal as a closer as opposed to Robertson, even if it's three years, so it's a little bit shorter. And even if you're Robertson saying, all right, I want to get a three-year deal, say, for $40 million or whatever the case may be, Kimbrell's going out there looking for one saying, all right, I want to get four or five years at 15, 16, 17 million a year. Basically pay me like a starter. So I think there is a difference in that. But he's three years younger. Who? Kimbrell. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he's going to want the longer deal. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm saying he's going to want the longer deal. So I think when the contracts are all said and done, there is going to be a substantial money gap between the two. But it's, be, it's going to be because of the length of the contract, not because of the dollars per year. Because it'll, it'll add up over time over a deal. Yeah, I just I don't know. Looking at it now, uh, just kind of relooking at it again, because I don't know. Robertson was one of the guys that we were looking at. Him, Zach Britton, I think Andrew Miller were the three names, and they've kind of you know been talking about Robertson a lot. If you got a guy that's three years older, hasn't started. I mean, hasn't yeah started as a closer. I keep using that term, but hasn't closed the last couple of years. Um, 
I just don't – yeah, for me, I'd bring back Kimbrell at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, we're, we're again, we're just going to have to wait for the rest of the shoes to drop, you know, the rest of the dominoes to fall because we've seen, you know, some of the bigger moves get made in, in the MLB so far, but not the reliever market. That really hasn't moved yet. So I think until we see maybe that first signing, and maybe Kimbrell is that first signing that yeah. really starts the ball, whether it's back to the Sox or to someone else, but we're going to have to wait for that first signing to happen so we know what the market is. I mean, I just don't think he's going to get over 20. No, 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 no chance. Do you think he's going to get Evaldi money at 17? It, I mean, it would depend on the length of the contract. He could. I don't really know until we see that first contract. For me personally, that's not worth it. But again, we're saying if 20's the new 10 and 30's the new 20, you know, everything's kind of changing and evolving. So maybe that is worth it for a closer now. I don't really know. So uh, out of these two guys, I mean, who would you want to see in, the, in a Red Sox uniform? Kimbrell, but again, if you're paying him 15, 16, 17 million a year, I don't think I do. Yeah, maybe, but I think the point is, like, how much is Robertson worth then? If he was also getting paid 13 last year. Correct. What's he going to resign for? Yeah, I don't know. And he's he's already older, and he hasn't started. I keep saying that. He hasn't closed. Stop. He hasn't closed the last couple years. Yeah, it's just just fascinating because, again, the money is shifting – rapidly in baseball it's just it's fascinating to see where everything's going with that yeah all right moving on so the world series dvd came out this past week the documentary on that um i'm sure uh, we're gonna play it for you but we don't need to we can just describe it for you and maybe we'll drop that audio in later oh that's what you're gonna do okay yeah but so the dvd came out it's supposedly really good i haven't seen it xander hasn't seen it but one of the things I wanted to talk about was a clip that the Sox tweeted out, put out on their Twitter account, and it was basically mean tweets, Red Sox edition. It was just the players going back and reading fans' tweets from opening day, and of course we all remember that, up 4 nothing on Tampa, and Joe Kelly had an absolute meltdown. Yeah. Not his first of the year, and certainly wasn't his last, but he was great at the end of the year, Fight Club, of course. But it was just all the players going through, reading the tweets, and I thought it was pretty funny, Zan. What would you think about it? Uh, <laughs> It was good. I, it's just like classic Boston fans. You lose one game, and everyone's saying, oh, I think one guy said the sky is falling. Like one of the Red Sox players said, oh, you know, the sky is falling. But it was it was funny. Yeah, yeah. another one was like trade Chris Sale to a team that wants to win. <laughs> yeah, and like then, the Red Sox don't want to yeah, win. And then exactly. Bogarts comes back at the end, and he goes, oh, he did win with him on the mound for the last out. <laughs> so that was I, I think um, who who said it? Uh, Rodriguez, I think it was him. Uh, he said these guys are crazy or something like that. Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, I I know I'm excited to see the DVD when it comes yeah. or it's out now, but I'm excited to see it when I have the opportunity to because those are always good and it always gets me so excited for baseball season. Yeah, it's kind of like a little hype video for the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and it's great too because if you think about it, it's perfect timing. It's it's winter, you know, you're in the off season, but you haven't seen baseball in a while, so to get to get out there, be able to watch that gets you hyped up, especially the team you're a fan of is the defending World Series champion. It, you just, it makes you want it to be April right away. Yeah, and uh, you know, newsflash for anyone that didn't know, the Red Sox did win the World Series, right? They 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 did that. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they did that thing. Yeah, we have to remind people every episode. Yeah, just in case you guys forgot, breaking news into Sox talk: the Boston Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. I hope you were sitting down for that because that is just Jaw-dropping news. <laughs> yeah. Breaking on Sox Talk first. Mm-hmm. That it is. That it is. 
Zen, I think I'm getting used to the studio finally. You think so? Yeah, I think I'm like settling in. What do you think about the lighting? Um, it's a little bit different. I think it's very bright. Yeah. Like it's too bright to be a podcast studio, I guess. I don't know. I feel like when we're in that other room, though, it's like 9 p.m. by the time we get out because it's all dark in that dark hallway, and it's kind of it gets darker at night now. So yeah. earlier, so. Yeah, it's it's two different extremes. That's that's for sure. <laughs> and we'll be sure to tweet out a picture of the studio of the Pod Center. And also next time I can tweet. Next time we're there, I can tweet one out of Skyhawk Studio or the Summit Studio. Sorry. Yeah. Just messed up the name right there. That's tough. Nah, it's, you know. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. All right, so to close out, Zan, just a couple more things, just some housekeeping things. So a lot of moves made in the MLB. I want you to tell me what's going to be the most impactful one this upcoming season. So the moves are the Nationals got Patrick Corbin, Jan Gomes, Kurt Suzuki. Busy time in the NL East. The Mets got Diaz and Cano. Phillies got Gene Segura. Braves got Josh Donaldson and Brian McCant. And the Cardinals got Goldschmidt. What do you think? So the three I just wrote down right now are the Braves, Cards, and the Mets. The Mets had to do something with DeGrom, Syndergaard. DeGrom, he won the Cy Young. He was like, what, 9-7 and seven or something yeah, like ten, that? Yeah, 10 wins, whatever it was. Yeah, whatever it was, something crazy. Crazy ERA. I mean, if they weren't going to trade him and, and rebuild, then you have to go out and make a move. So so I like the move. We'll see if it if it pans out for them. Um, the Braves getting, who did you say they got? Donaldson and McCann. Donaldson and McCann, and then the Cards got Goldschmidt. Those are marquee players right there going to ball clubs like the Braves are pretty young they're an upcoming team so to add those two players pretty per- good for perfect them. veteran presence right there exactly you got a guy like Donaldson who not far removed from his MVP season get him in the middle of the lineup if he's healthy and right exactly the fit they need and then McCann just the veteran leadership back to Atlanta he knows that culture he knows that area that's perfect yeah Yep, and then the Cardinals getting Goldschmidt one of, like you were talking about this earlier one of the best first basemen in the league that that's big for them too I think that's the biggest move of the offseason so far. And it's easy to say because it's the best player that's been moved. Yeah. But, man, you put him in there and really solidify first base, which they haven't really had and you know had since Pujols has been gone. Yep. You know, Car- Matt Carpenter has been over there playing some first base. Matt Adams. You've seen guys come in and out, but no one has solidified that position. And now you get a new face of the franchise. You get a, a new premier player, a guy who's going to be up there, you know, top five in MVP year after year. And you can plug him in at the three spot in your lineup. And that, that NL Central is really good, but the cards were in the thick of it last year. So yeah. to get a guy like that and add him in, you know, to rival the Cubs, to rival the Brewers, that's going to be so exciting next year. Yeah, that's a stacked division now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be good. I'm excited. That NL Central is going to be wild, and I'm sure there's going to be one of those teams that are going to go out there and flop because, you know, you don't usually see four teams in a division do well or three, even three teams in a division do super well. Yeah. But if any division can do it, it'll be the NL Central next year. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right, Sam. Last question. Haven't told you this one yet, yeah, but it's a good one. I don't know what's coming. It's a random question. Okay. Because it's the off season. While there are some things happening, not everything has totally picked up yet. You know, the rest of the MLB, like we've said, ad nauseum today, they've made a lot of moves, but the Red Sox, not a ton yet. You know, Pierce is back, Evaldi's back, but still waiting for, you know, to see where Kelly goes, where Kimbrell goes. So we got to pass the time somehow. And I don't know about you, but I think we can be pretty entertaining at times. I'm not going to, you know, toot my own horn too much, but I like to think that we can talk enough about the Red Sox and be entertaining at the same time. I hope so. And if you have any thoughts as to whether or not we are entertaining or not, feel free to reach out to us at Sox Talk Pod on Twitter. Again, that's Sox Talk Pod on Twitter. Or you can leave a review on iTunes. 
Yeah. Yeah, five stars preferably, yeah. and then you can tell us if we suck or we're good. But at yeah. least, at the very least, rate us, rate us five stars. Yeah, rate us five stars, then tell us we suck, and then, you know. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. All right, so, Zan, the question I have for you is, if the Red Sox did not play at Fenway Park, so if Fenway <laughs> was not their home stadium, where would you want their home stadium to be? So we're basically going to, you know, uplift another stadium and put it in Boston right where Fenway is, and that would be the Red Sox stadium. Which stadium would you want and why? <sighs> a good question huh yeah i'm just trying to i'm thinking from like a tactical perspective and my first thought was yankee stadium because with that short porch i think jd martinez would hit 700 home runs a year so (laughs) just kind of off the top of my dome that's the first thing that's coming to me see that's interesting because it did not occur to me once to think tactically about which stadium i'd want <laughs> yeah. i was more so just going for the looks but i like where your head's at yeah he would hit so many <laughs> he would hit so many to the short porch out and right it'd be crazy uh yeah i think for me the one that i thought of initially was just i thought uh bush stadium would be cool out in st louis i think that would be pretty cool i know you wouldn't have like the arch in the background like you do in st louis so that would kind of maybe take away some of it mm-hmm. but i just think that's a like a cool park it's nice it's it's just very easy basic and I, I think that one's I think that one's pretty cool. You know another cool uh, park that I actually like to watch, like when the games are there. Uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but where the Astros play? Minute Maid. Minute Maid. Yeah, I think that's a really cool stadium. So that's just like, the design of it. Yeah, I like that. I don't know if I'd want that to be my home park, but I definitely like when the Sox go down there. It's cause, cool because you have. I, I'll actually, I'll I'll take that back. I'd want Minute Maid Park to be the Sox home field if they brought back Towels Hill in center field with the stupid uh, flagpole out there and the fact that it went like 430-something out in center field up the hill. <laughs> if they brought that back, I would consider Minute Maid Park for uh, the Red Sox home home park. I'm trying to think if there are any others that I like. I mean, because San Francisco is cool, but that wouldn't be cool without the water. Like it's only, I think it's cool because uh, you, have, you have the bay in the back. Same yeah, we can import the bay. I'm sure that's yeah. something we could do. We'll import the bay. Yeah. And obviously PNC, another one over in Pittsburgh. That's a great one. Um, trying to think. I like I like Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. I know it's not like super new or anything, but I just like, again, that kind of that basic like Midwest like baseball, baseball feel to a stadium. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if I'd want Wrigley. I think it's cool. But again, would I want that to be my home park? I don't know. If you brick, had, the brick is cool. Yeah, I like, the Ivy. Yeah, and the Ivy. I, I do like that. It's pretty cool. So if you had to pick another one other than Yankee Stadium, what would you go with? Uh, Minute Maid. Minute Maid? Yeah, I just I, I like the look. Every time they go there, it's a cool stadium. They're, it's the train. It's just fun. Ooh, I'd also like Citizens Bank Park in Philly. I think that would be that would be my second choice. I think I'd go Bush 1 and then Citizens 2. And I'm also I also like uh, the park down there in Arlington, Rangers Ballpark. I think that's a cool one too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just kind of like having the uh, the grass out there in center field, like beyond the fence. I think that's a cool look for a park. Yeah, where you kind of just sit out there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what'd you think of that question? I liked it. I think it was a good question. I, I like how my brain was first, you know, maximize player potential. <laughs> how can JD hit more than sixty home runs? Get him in the front office, folks. That's the kind of guy you need out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I, I did like that question. All right, that's good, man. And uh, before we end, though, uh, you are wearing something on on your hand there, Ian. Yeah, so... You want to tell everyone what that's all about? Yeah, so I want to feel like a champion today, and that's because I am. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, 
I do a lot in, you know, the sports kind of media realm, just kind of, you know, working it, see what we can't do, get into a lot of things, see what sticks. So this past summer, one of the things that I did was worked for the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod Baseball League. And let me tell you, Zan, the Wareham Gateman won it all. Now, so this is a league for those who don't know, but you should probably know because it's the premier summer baseball league for college kids. So it's basically all the D1 kids who are going to go pro the following year because in baseball you have to be at least a junior to get drafted if you committed to a four-year school, so you have to be through your junior season. So these are all freshmen and sophomores who you know just trying to improve their draft stock. Then the next following year, they'll get drafted. So this upcoming June, they'll get drafted. So it'll be cool to see a lot of the guys I covered get drafted. Um, so I was the beat writer for Wareham, employed by the team. My job, you know, just day in, day out, do what you do as a beat beat writer, beat reporter, and cover the team. And thankfully, picked a good one to land with because the <laughs> Wareham Gatemen won it all. They rolled through the postseason, won all six of their games, swept all three of their series. Without a doubt, they were the best team in the Cape this year. Did you know that going in? Like, did you know? No. No, you didn't know anything? No. And, I mean, you don't know because, again, it's they're all top kids in the country, so – it's just a matter of how well do they play once they actually get there because these are they're all good kids to be in with. But yeah. our our GM Andy Lang did a great job. There was a loaded squad. There was a the team they had was phenomenal. They lost kids. They didn't even get some kids. And if they had like their full squad that they envisioned, they would have been loaded absurd. They would have rolled with the league even more so than they did. And they won their divi- like they won their division that they were in. And then they were the second seed overall heading into the playoffs. So they rolled. Anyways, they won it all. And as a result, as, when a team wins it all, you get a championship ring. So I got a championship ring. Just got it the other day in the mail. Finally came in. And it's a beaut. It's got the nice W on it. It says Cape Cod League Champions. It's got my name on the side, Vicera. And then on the other end, it says 2018 CCBL. And you see a nice little uh, picture of the Cape. Yeah, it's an impressive ring. I got to try it on, actually. And it, it's hefty. It feels nice. It's... It's it's very nice. It's very impressive. Yeah, I'm not going to wear it out too, too much because, you know, I don't want to brag that much. But it's nice to be able to wear it, put it on. and just want to brag a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Just enough and be yeah. able to feel the power. You exactly. Know, and kind of really just remember, like, what a great summer it was because it was, without a doubt for me, like, the best summer I've ever had. And it was such a great time. If you've never gone down there, absolutely go out and see a Cape Cod League game. It's just laid back, and it's so cool because then in a couple of years from now, you'll see some of those guys in the MLB, and you'll be like, oh, I saw him play at a random high school field down in the Cape. Yeah. It's just such a cool summer vibe. It's such a cool thing to do. And, yeah, so I'm a champion just like the Red Sox, so I wanted to wear my ring basically in support because, you know, it's a brotherhood out here. Exactly. All the champions got to stick together in my mind, so that's what we're doing. And it just kind of gives me the power when we're podcasting today, you know. If I'm ever saying a stupid point, which I probably said a few when we go back and listen to it all here, but I look down, I see I got this, and I'm like, I'm a champion. It's fine. So we're good. Exactly. Yeah, no, congratulations for that. Um, are you going to stick with them? Like, are you going to keep following them? I mean, because I... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Def- definitely, we'll, we'll keep in contact with some of the, the friends and stuff I made. I still do keep in contact with some of the people I know down there. Nice. It's a great time. It's a great organization. It's very well run. And it was it was a great time. Definitely looking forward to uh, going down, catching some games next year. See if the boys uh, can repeat. Yeah, for sure. And you'll have to keep us updated on you know how the draft situation pans out. Yeah, for some I'll, of them. I'm excited. I'll probably write um, like a draft like recap piece. Yep. And talk to some of the players because I know last year actually the two players who got drafted one and two overall played for Wareham. Oh wow. In the past two years, so Casey Mize who went number one overall to Detroit, he played on the Gateman uh, last summer. 
Yeah, I think it was last summer. And then two summers ago, Joey Bart, who was the number two overall pick, he's a catcher. He played for Wareham. And then the following year, he played for a different team in the Cape. But mm-hmm. so the two, the number one and number two overall picks played for Wareham in this past June's draft. And for sure, there's going to be some first-round picks coming out of Wareham this year. So it'll be pretty cool when that time comes. Nice. All right. Sam? Yeah, I think that does it. That's going to do it. That's going to wrap us up for episode six of Sox Talk. Zan, you want to sign us off and close us out? Yeah. Uh, before I do, though, I think we're going to try to get in next week. Uh, finals permitting, of course. You know, things can change, but I think that's the plan right now, right, Ian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this has been Sox Talk. I'm Xander. I'm Ian. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.